Good morning and welcome to MorningEncouragement.com. My name is Glenn Siepert and uh, it is awesome, very awesome to have you here uh, this morning. Morning Encouragement is a blog that I write on uh, a couple of times a week, uh, a couple of, of posts a week, and then on Saturday typically I do a vlog or a, a video blog. And really the, the objective of MorningEncouragement.com is to encourage you, uh, to inspire you, to push you forward into your day and all that God has for you. Uh, this is a podcast, and I call the podcast Blogs to Go. Essentially, what I do is I, I talk through the the post that I put up on a given day. So if you don't have time to sit and read it, or you kind of want to just listen to it while you're getting ready for work, or on your way to work, or you're on a break, or whatever, you, you can do that. You don't have to sit and read it. You can kind of multitask, I, I guess you could say. But uh, hey, it's really great again to have you here. I'm really happy that you stopped by. You can download the Morning Encouragement app if you want to in the Apple App Store. Uh, You can also find the podcast in the podcast app by searching Morning Encouragement. You can look me up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those fun places, and uh, we will connect for, for sure. So I hope that you enjoy this post. I hope it encourages you and inspires you and that you have a super, super day. Today's entry is called, You Are on God's Resume. You are on God's Resume. Can we talk about how incredibly boring? Now, this is going to sound weird coming from a pastor slash seminary student, but can we talk about how incredibly boring the opening book of Matthew is? The opening, Sorry, the opening chapter of the book of Matthew is. I mean, go get a Bible, download it on your phone, read it. Matthew chapter one. Uh, the first at least 17 verses anyway, is a genealogy of a bunch of people and names that I cannot pronounce, most of which I can't pronounce, uh, all leading up to the birth of Jesus. Now, I mean, it's important in everything. Don't, don't get me wrong. But man, it is boring to read through. Abraham begot Isaac. Judah begot Perez. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. You got Rehoboam and Jehoshaphat and Jotham and Achim or Achim, Eliud, Iliad, Eliud, I don't know, Eleazar, on and on these names go. It's like a preacher's worst nightmare, which is why you very rarely ever hear people preach on it. But it was actually preached about in my church uh, this past week, which was kind of cool. Uh, and the the pastor did a, a good job of pronouncing the names that he he mentioned, but even he didn't read through the whole thing because there's just a lot of names in there that, to be honest with you, we don't know how to pronounce, and when we try to pronounce them in front of the congregation, the congregation knows that we don't know how to pronounce them either, and it's awkward and it's and it's weird. But but here's the thing though, it's boring. Yes, uh, I can't pronounce over half of the names. Yes. But these 17 verses in Matthew, okay, now hear me out on this, loud and clear. These 17 verses in Matthew are perhaps the most important verses in the Christian faith. More important than the heavy hitters, like, For God so loved the world, I can do all things through Christ, 
Uh, God works all things together for good. Those are important, but I believe that these 17 are even more important because in Bible times, uh, a genealogy was like the equivalent of a resume. Uh, Today, we build a resume that recommends us for a certain job, right, or position, and we fill that resume with a long list of our accomplishments and our recommendations and our degrees and our strengths and our experiences. It's like shining a spotlight on ourselves, right? Look at me. Look at all the things that I have done. This is why you should hire me for your position. But in Bible times, it was actually your family and your ancestors or the people that you were connected to that made up your resume. So in other words, a genealogy was a way of saying, hey, this list of people here, uh, this is who I am. This is me. This is what you're getting. Here, here's why you should hire me. This is my family, my background. Uh, I'm reading a book by a guy named Tim Keller called Hidden Christmas, and he says that in Bible times, now get this, people used to actually fluff their genealogies, <laughs> much like people would fluff their resumes today. Uh, rather than include everyone in their genealogy, They would leave out like the crazy uncle, you know, they would leave out like the crazy great-great-grandfather who apparently did crazy things, and they would leave these people out. And in fact, historians say that King Herod, uh, King Herod was the guy who was so obsessed with his own power and his own glory that when he heard about the birth of Jesus, uh, the Messiah, he ordered the death of every child two years and under just to assure himself that baby Jesus, this little infant, uh, wouldn't grow up and and take his his place. Uh, can you say crazy town, right? This guy was nuts. But, but he purged names from his public genealogy because he didn't want people knowing that certain people were connected to him. Uh, if people couldn't respect him for the crazy lunatic tyrant <laughs> that he was, uh, he wanted to make sure that people at the very least respected his roots and the people who came before him and his family. Now, I tell you all of this because Matthew, interestingly, does the exact opposite with Jesus' resume. Uh, In fact, rather than purge the genealogy of all of the less than uh, respectable names, he fills it with what would be in that time the most unrespectable names. Get this, the resume contains the names of five women. Okay, now back in that day, today you say, all right, so what, right? Back in that day, you would never put women in the genealogies because all women were considered inferior to men. But even so, Matthew purposely includes five of them. Three of those women, Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth, were Gentiles, meaning that Jews would have considered them to be unclean and unfit for the family of their Messiah. Judah and Tamar uh, that's kind of a crazy story. I'm not going to get into it too deeply, but let's just say that Judah was Tamar's uh, father-in-law, and she tricked him into sleeping with her. Uh, even in that day and age, that was whacked out, right? That's crazy. It was considered incest and an abomination. Rahab uh, was a prostitute. King David and Bathsheba had an affair. And then to cover it up, King David had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, murdered. Now, these are just a few stories from the less than respectable names that are listed in Jesus' resume. But here's the point. Listen really carefully to this. Moral failures, racial outsiders, 
people from all walks of life who have made all sorts of mistakes are welcomed and brought in to the family of God. They are connected to Jesus. Unlike what many Christians will tell you, it's not that the good people are in and the bad people are out. No, hear me loud and clear. Everyone is in. (laughs) Everyone. Why? Because of the grace of Jesus and the invitation that he has extended to all to put our faith in him and enter into the family of God. That invitation goes out to everybody. Everyone is invited to come in, put their faith in him, and become part of God's family. Not only that, but God is not ashamed of us. Man, I mean, don't miss this. He's not afraid to have you and all of your mistakes, your shortcomings, your inabilities associated with him and his family. You might be excluded by your family, an outcast at work. You may have been put uh, down by, by your parents. You may have been disrespected by your spouse. You might be hated by your kids, unable to make ends meet. You're jobless, homeless, hopeless, whatever, but you are always welcome in the family of God. I mean, he's got a place for you at his table. His door is always open. He's not ashamed of you. He doesn't roll his eyes when he sees you coming. He doesn't blush at the the mistakes and the failures that you make. Your shortcomings don't shock him. Your trip-ups don't turn his stomach. He loves you. He welcomes you. His arms are always open wide to you. I hope that gives you some perspective this morning. A super simple message. God is glad to include you on his resume. His resume says, hey, here's all the people I'm connected to. And here's why I'm fit for your for the job, for your position that you have open. Because I'm connected to Bob and Mike and Mary and Joe and Susan and Catherine and all these other people. I'm connected to them and I'm proud of it. God is glad to have you on his resume. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the Christmas season, God. Thank you that you left heaven. You came to earth. You took the sins of the world upon yourself. You nailed them to the cross and you give us all opportunity to be in relationship with you, to have that gift of eternal life, a life that makes an impact in this world and lasts long, 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 long forever after this life on this earth is over. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Would you meet these people? Would you meet my friends who are listening to this? Would you meet them where they are at today and bring them to the next level in their faith and their walk with you? And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.